Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram Roadmap for Educators. One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life. In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, classroom motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better. We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. We all have personal standards. Sometimes they serve us well, and sometimes they don't. Today, we're going to talk about the standards you have set for yourself and where you might need to examine them, tweak them, or change them. Ultimately, the goal is to raise your standards. Hey, teachers, have you struggled to balance your work life and your home life? Do you want to make a difference and still feel like you can be present and purposeful in your life outside of school? Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers podcast. This is not your typical professional development. We focus on you, not strategies to teach content. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators with the passion, knowledge, and experience to support you as you navigate the challenges of our profession. Are you ready? Let's get started. Today, we are talking about raising our standards. We're not talking about Common Core standards or the next-gen science standards or your state standards. We're talking about your personal and professional standards. By definition, a standard is a level of quality or attainment. A standard is what we use for comparison. We set standards or boundaries around what we are willing to do based on our values and beliefs. Here are some examples of standards. How we act around people, talk to people, and present ourselves to others. The quality of the work we will do what we expect, and what we will tolerate. We also set standards for how we want to be treated. If your standards are high, you understand your worth and your value, and then you act accordingly. But if your standards are low, you may be prone to accept pretty much anything from yourself and from others. If you have low expectations, low standards, you likely settle for the path of least resistance. Though the educational system may set your curricular standards, you are in charge of setting your own standards. Where do these standards come from? How do we get them and how do we set them? Our standards are pretty deeply ingrained. Think about your childhood. Think about your teachers and you think about things that have happened to you early in your life. That's when we often develop our standards as children, when our parents and others taught us how to act. We also get our standards from watching others who are modeling it, even if they don't realize it, both positively and negatively. We also can choose to create our standards as a reflection of our own personal values. Our standards are also closely related to our beliefs about what we think we deserve and our value as a person. As your understanding of who you are or what you believe changes, so should your boundaries. And it isn't always easy to change your standards. They've become a part of us. Sometimes we don't even think about them. We just live with them. But that said, we can change our standards 
and we may need to in order to elevate our lives. Leonardo DiCaprio understands, he said, every next level of your life will demand a different you. Do you need to raise your standards? First of all, think about raising your standards for what you expect from yourself and for yourself. As you become a teacher, a professional in your field, chances are you've raised some standards in some areas of your life. You may also be rethinking your relationships with food, choosing foods that are higher quality, organic, local, more nutritious. I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I decided to do a 30-day plant-based diet. I just wasn't feeling super healthy. And I realized that by raising my standards for what I ate, I really did feel better. I have added non-plant-based foods back into my life since then, but by raising my standards, I got to experience a different level of health that I didn't have before, and I now will keep that. That is a standard that's set for life. I actually hired a nutritionist a few years ago. I was just feeling horrible. I had to make a change. She helped me to eliminate all processed foods, anything with chemicals pretty much in it. I am now the chemical queen. I'm looking at the package labels, and if it's got a bunch of chemicals in it, I won't eat it. We may have raised our standards in terms of exercise. Also, recognizing that exercise helps us reduce frustration and become more mindful. We've both talked about our exercise habits and how they've changed. Paula's walks and her yoga and my swimming. Since you're a working professional, you have likely raised your standards in terms of your personal wardrobe. What about the wardrobe? Is it really an example of standards and the standards that you set? I will give you an example of this. My husband's office a few years ago went to business casual. So instead of dress shirts and dress pants and dress shoes, they were given the freedom to wear khakis and polos, that sort of business casual. All went well, and then they decided that in the summertime, you could wear your polo shirt with the nice-looking shorts, and that would be acceptable. They loved that. My husband loves that casual attire. One day, my husband came down in a really ratty old t-shirt and baggy cargo shorts. It looked like a 17-year-old who just rolled out of bed. I said, what are you doing? Are you wearing that to work? And he said, well, Matt does, and he dresses like this all the time, so I can too. And my response was, well, how is Matt treated at work? How is Matt doing in his profession? Oh, yeah, well, everybody knows he's kind of lazy and he's not really a great worker. And I said, oh, so would you like to lower yourself to the least common denominator? My husband didn't wear the ratty clothes. I'm not saying that you need to dress up every day. I don't think teachers should be wearing skirts and heels and all of that. I have no problem with teachers wearing jeans. Just be careful with it. How does it make you feel? Does it make you feel strong and powerful? Yes, be comfortable, but also feel good about yourself. Just be aware that you are making an impression on other people. I worked in a school once where teachers wore sweatshirts, t-shirts, jeans, anything to parent-teacher conferences. In that district, they complained that they weren't treated professionally and that parents didn't respect them. Just ask the question, How are you presenting yourself and are you getting the reaction that you want out of it? You feel different in different types of clothing. I feel a little bit better when I look a little bit better. I walk through the world a little differently. There are some other areas where it's possible to raise your personal standards. 
You may want to raise your personal standards and how you talk to yourself. Many of us have that bully in our head, that mean girl or bully voice in our head that doesn't say very nice things to us. We wouldn't let others talk to us that way, but we allow ourselves to talk that way. Think about raising your standards and how you talk to yourself. There are also people who set standards of how much they will read and learn. We know lots of people who have set goals to read one book per month or one book per week. If knowledge is important to you, set standards about how and what you will read or watch or listen so that you can learn. Another way to raise a standard is to consider the environment that you surround yourself with at your work and at your home. Is it cluttered? Is your desk cluttered? Are papers piling up on your table? When I first started teaching at the college level, I had an office for the first time that was mine. It was a lot of space, and I took it up with piles of papers and books. I had piles of materials I wanted to use in my teaching. One day, I had a bunch of students hanging out in my office. They were getting ready to go to a sporting event, so their bags were in there, and they were talking to me before they went, and I ran down the hall to ask someone a question. At that moment, the president of the college was walking through this hallway. She'd never seen my office before, and she had stopped by. I wasn't there. She talked to the students. What she said to the students, and I respect this woman with all of my heart. She's been a wonderful mentor to me. What she said to the students was, whose office is this? Because it was messy. It didn't help that I had a group of students in there, but I was absolutely mortified when I came back and they told me. That day, I set a higher standard for myself about not having a cluttered office. I was not going to have it look like that anymore. The great part about that was once I did that, I realized how much I appreciated working in that decluttered work environment. I felt a new sense of calm. I realized that now extends into my home too. I don't feel calm when things are cluttered. So glad that that situation forced me to raise my standards because ultimately it helped me in the long run. Maybe it's your yard, something about the space you live. My husband has a meticulous yard. He sets high standards for himself about his yard, how it will look, how it will grow. And he does that because every day his yard is what he sees. When he drives into the house, when he leaves the house, it's what other people look at too. So know that when you're setting your own personal standards, other people may also benefit. Sometimes you just have to look and say, status quo cannot be your standard. Become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Make the uncomfortable be your new standard. That is a great example, Paula. My husband does exactly the same thing. The yard is set to his perfect specifications. I don't think it's for anybody else. I think it's because that's how he likes to be in his yard and see his yard. I can relate to that. I spend a lot of time and energy making sure that my home is really beautiful. And I don't do it to be showy. I do it for me because I feel better when I can look around and feel calm and satisfied and see something beautiful. You may need to raise your standards in your interactions with others. This is where it gets tricky. Examining how you interact with others takes it out of the individual realm and it involves another person. We're no longer just considering our wants and needs, but we're considering those of the other person. You might need to raise your interpersonal standards if you've ever found yourself doing one or more of the following. Failing to correct a student because you don't want to hurt their feelings. Not speaking up at a faculty meeting when you disagree because you don't want to upset your colleagues or make them think you're a troublemaker. 
letting a student or a parent or another teacher yell at you, letting a student undermine you by allowing them to change the direction of the activity, allowing someone else to take credit for your work, or doing the work of someone else rather than call them out on it or letting the work go undone. If you've experienced any of these things, it's a sign of an interaction which needs to be improved. How can you raise your standards and how you interact with others? Understand that teaching often involves correcting someone or helping them to change their behaviors. And that's a positive thing, even though it can sometimes be uncomfortable. Teachers often hesitate to correct students because they don't want to make them feel bad. But rather than framing it as a criticism, frame it as help. Help students to understand that it is your job to offer them that guidance and to help them grow. Help them to understand that having a growth mindset means that they're going to make mistakes and that's part of the process. It doesn't mean that you're going to punish them. It just means that you will serve as their guide as they grow. I think of a story that my sister-in-law told me about my nephew who turned in a math assignment. He misses eight out of the 10 problems. And the teacher returned it to him with a great big fat F covering the entire top of the paper. That will likely be received as a punishment. Alternatively, you can have a conversation about what went wrong and explain to him how to fix it. Then have him do the assignment over. That is received as help. I have another story. It was actually told to me yesterday by an 80-year-old nun that I happened to be on a committee with. She taught for many, many years. She was talking about how she had high standards for students. And at one point, there was a student who was suspended. As the student was walking out the door, she said, these were not good decisions, but that does not mean you are a bad person. And he stopped in the doorway and he listened and he looked at her, he turned, he thanked her and he left. She was teaching in California at the time. Now she's living in the Midwest and he found her 30 years later. He sent her a card and told her how much that meant to him. And ever since, and that was about five years ago, he sends a Christmas card with a picture of his family and a hundred dollar check that she can donate to her favorite charity. That's a perfect example of how she had really high standards for the student. She expected him to fulfill that, but she was still kind in how she approached it with him. You will teach other people how to treat you by how you respond to them. If you allow someone to take credit for your work or to undermine your decisions, they will likely continue to do so. If they know that they can slack off and you'll pick up their end of the project, they will leave you doing more than your fair share of work. If a student calls you a disrespectful name, you don't have to answer. Don't engage in that name calling. You don't need to let it pass, but know that in the heat of the moment is probably not the right time to address a severe behavior. Try to remain calm and tell the person that the behavior is not acceptable, that you will continue the conversation when you can both respond calmly. You don't have to allow anyone to scream at you. You can respectfully suggest that you'll set up another time to talk when emotions are not running so high. Again, I think of an example of a beginning teacher who allowed a parent to just yell and scream at her. And she was just dumbstruck and she couldn't think of anything to say. And eventually she left the room crying. Then she came to me and was like, I don't know what to do. They were just yelling. That's a, a simple mistake because it catches you off guard and you don't really understand in the moment what you need to do. But we practice saying next time, this meeting is no longer productive. I will be glad to reschedule this meeting when our emotions are not running so high and we can listen to each other and come up with a solution. Another suggestion for raising your standards and in interactions with others is to learn to have courageous conversations. 
Courageous conversations can be really hard. These are those tough conversations you need to have that are necessary. Sometimes we let them go by because we don't have high standards for our interactions with others. If someone throws you under the bus, it's okay to call them out on it. That's a courageous conversation. You need to know your value and stand up for yourself when needed. If people in your life are leaving you feeling resentful or angry or hurt, it's okay to speak up. You can do this without accusing them. You can do it by addressing how you feel. If you value that relationship, say so, and then acknowledge the kind of behaviors that you want or need from the other person. Though it can be difficult to do this, try to stay calm and speak with a low voice. Be sure to listen as well when you're having courageous conversations. They're not fun to engage in, but when we do so, oftentimes we clear the air. Courageous conversations are a chance to get rid of anger and that resentment to better understand the other person and let them understand you. This is an area of growth for me. I can think of a negative example when I should have had a courageous conversation, but I didn't. There was a time when I had organized a student activity. I had spent months in the planning and organizing it, meeting with students and meeting with parents. It all came off beautifully and it was wildly accepted as being a great thing that we had done for kids. A colleague of mine was given credit for it. Instead of stopping the conversation and saying, no, really, it was Michelle who organized and ran that event. He just accepted it. He repeatedly accepted accolades for that activity. And I didn't say anything at the time. I was very hurt. But now I would have gone in and had a courageous conversation with him about that, saying, thank you for what you think you're doing, accepting the credit for my work, but I'm not going to accept that from you. It's something that I've learned. I hope that I will do better in the future with those kinds of comments and activities. The first time that I had to have a courageous conversation, I was so nervous about it. It's not something that's easy, but if we don't have them, we walk around feeling resentful and angry. And I realized that by having those hard conversations in the moment, I didn't feel the resentment and anger later. And talking about feeling resentment or anger, let's look at the opposite of that. Raising standards might be a sign of self-care. Self-care means that you are not walking around with resentment and anger. I recently read an article on the Today website called Dear Moms, Trips to Target Are Not Self-Care. The basic premise was that many women think that a trip to Target is self-care. They walk around and look at the candles and the pretty pillows and drink a Starbucks, and then they buy the things that their families need. That is not really self-care. Real self-care is actually asking for and getting something you really need, like an entire night to yourself or a day with your friends. It also could be not accepting that personal anger and resentment towards someone, but clearing the air so that you can let go of those kinds of feelings. This is an example of how raising your standards can mean speaking up and asking for what you really need. And we're going to do an entire episode on real self-care in the very near future. We challenge you to be aware of what you bring to your interactions. The other side of the story is what your attitudes and your actions say about you. In episode nine, we talked about how you set the tone. If you haven't listened to nine, we suggest that you do that. It goes well with this episode because you've heard of the golden rule. It's not bad advice to treat people like how you would like to be treated. 
So when you're looking at interactions with others, think about your role in this. When you are raising your standards, it means that you're being aware of what you bring into the interactions. When you are kind and respectful, it goes a long way. People will notice when you show up with integrity. You can take the high road and become a positive role model. A quote by Mandy Hale is a really good reminder for all of us. Refuse to lower your standards to accommodate those who refuse to raise theirs. And though it is a process, it is possible to raise your standards around relationships and interactions. You won't always get it right, and old habits sometimes die hard. We say this all the time, but it is true. Try to keep moving in the right direction. Small steps in the right direction will often add up to big improvements. This goes right into our recap for today. When we raise our standards, we understand who we are and how we need to show up in the world in order to give and receive value. That's a worthy goal and one that will serve you well as a teacher and in other parts of your life. In true teacher fashion, we end our podcast episodes with homework. Our homework for you today is to examine your personal standards. Where are you just nailing it? And where might you need to take another look and make some changes? Pick one standard in your life that you want to raise and then start taking small steps to raise it. As always, we won't be grading your homework, but we'd love to hear how it's going. So feel free to send us a DM on Facebook or Instagram at Inspired Together Teachers. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com and get our free guide, The Inspired Teacher's Guide to Taking Back Your Life. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers. Or head to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.